Hello and welcome to episode 7 in season 5 of The Three Amigos. I'm your host Mars and I'm joined by my, as always by my amiga Kylie. Our amigo PJ has decided to take a TGT, that's triple gin and tonic. And uh, stepping in is our amiga Sophie. Sophie, how are you? Welcome to the pod. And uh, listen, I mean, you're having a cracking season. So let's start with that and tell us how does it feel to, to, to be doing so well so early on compared to last season anyway? Oh, yeah, it's compared to... When I was guesting you guys last season, I was having my worst season ever and it was awful. I had all these pod um, invites when I was um, doing terrible, but it feels really good to um, have some luck on my side this time. And uh, I thought it was kind of funny because it sounded like you were saying that you were the Amigos, um, you were our horse and not our ho- host. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big one, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, you, you, obviously we start normally with the review for the game week. So you're top uh, with 66 points at the moment with uh, Sanchez in play. Uh, so tell us briefly about your game week and... Uh, yeah, what's what's working this season for you? What's what what's got you so high? It's hard to say. I I mean I've got a game week one started off really well. I mean everyone got a lot of points game week one, but I ended up on 112 points, and that's pretty insane without any hits or any chips in play. So I think that's my highest ever game week score, and um, I think that's been carrying me pretty well throughout every week basically and um having above average weeks and so i've just been staying um uh, floating in the top 100k and then this week it's been a low scoring week for many people uh who had a captaincy blank with ronaldo who was a great captaincy option but unfortunately he didn't score for those people but that was fortunate for me because i don't have him so that's sort of margins and luck playing on my side yeah, indeed. But I also noticed, uh, you know, I look at Twitter. Not, I don't interact as much, just uh, out of choice. But I noticed one thing that you put your team. Our teams are very similar. We wildcarded around the same time. And Carly yeah. will tell you, it's a very, very touchy subject because I, for some strange reason, <laughs> changed Adam to Saar. I saw your team, you had Saar. So <laughs> I, I still wouldn't be anywhere. I'm still probably about 20 points behind you, even with that. But um I noticed that you put your team out and literally every comment was play Livermanto ahead of Marcel. And you're like, well, well, Wolves haven't just gone bad suddenly, you know. And, I, you know, for me, we always say play your own game. Don't get don't get swayed by Twitter. And I love that you stuck to your guns. And guess what? Marcel gets a six pointer. Yeah. Livermanto had a good game. He did. He did have a really good game. Very so good that, game. It's like those 50-50 calls where, where it yeah. goes your way. It was... The same. Some people were also saying when I got had Sar in ahead of Norwich, they were like, "He has terrible stats. Why are you picking Sar?" And I was just like, "He's playing Norwich. He's talisman. He's on pens. He has three great fixtures. So it's worth a shot, you know. And it's such a cheap, cheap player as well. So why yeah. not a yeah. few of those chances? So yeah. So I've gone for Sar. I got lucky there. And this week I got St. Max in for Bamford, who was supposedly injured, or he was injured. So, and he did, delivered. So yeah. it's been those small little small picks uh, who've um, made a bit of a difference, I guess. Cool. Well, in second place we have Kylie with oh, 54 wow. points. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, so tell us how uh, how did your game we go? Oh, this was a oh, this was a funny. I I didn't think that it was going to go that well, to be honest. Because to start with, obviously that United match was highly frustrating for me. I am a Shaw owner, reluctantly at this point, uh, <laughs> and I I also captained Ronaldo. I wasn't really debating the Salah captaincy, to be honest. It, it was really between Ronaldo and and Antonio. And so it's a little bit frustrating there, um, but it, it just didn't look like a good start. And then, to be honest, it, it was all of those cheap midfielders. I mean, Antonio coming good at the end of that match really helped, but I had Saar. I brought him in this week for the injured, useless Mount, who was a terrible <laughs> transfer, up there with Trossard for lack of successful things happening with that one. Uh, but yeah, so Saar obviously delivered... He was injured. I mean, a little bit of sympathy. No, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I brought him in. He didn't feature at all. Then the second game, he came off at half time, and then he got injured. So I mean, <laughs> it's quite useless. Like, it's really not remotely helpful. <laughs> I mean, I brought him in in the first place back when I brought um, Ronaldo in. So it's compensated for in in that way because obviously Ronaldo has returned for me, but in isolation, Mount has been quite shit. There's no way around (laughs) it. But yeah, so Saar did well. I am so happy with Rafinha. He is my little love bug. I just love him so much. Last season, this season, and especially last season, I didn't have a whole lot of bright spots. You know, they were few and far between, but Rafinha was definitely one of them. And that's the second week in a row where there was rumours and belief that he might not play. But play he did, and return he did as well. So, yeah, really happy with that. And, and Jota finally got yeah. the goal. So. Finally! Jota! Oh, I know. <laughs> He's threatened Rafinha, so much. <laughs> both of them could have had a lot more, right? Yes. I mean, if yeah. it wasn't for Raya, Jota would have. Absolutely. And Rafinha was just that amazing in that game, honestly. He was. But he Somewhere. always is. Amazing. Sorry. It was, the, it was one of those weeks where the premiums didn't, so the premium strikers didn't deliver. Yeah. So and it was more about the mid to budget uh, midfielders and, and strikers that did. So those people who went Ronaldo and Lukaku actually struggled unless they had the Rafinha, the Saar, etc. Uh, of that. So um yeah I'm in third place. So 53 currently with Sanchez in play as well, and you you have Sanchez in play as well, Carly. 53 minus four. To be honest, it's probably how not to play FPL. So the whole Saar thing, I decided that. I want Saar, took Rafinha out, brought Saar in. One scores, the other scores. You know, in, in, in isolation, the hit didn't work. But Wait, the, you my left other... Traore? I did leave Traore because he had, he had two... Well, <laughs> I thought he had two easy fixtures, right? What he didn't play. Let's see what he does against Newcastle. Yes, he's still he's there. trolling uh, you hard. He is. He is. Uh, yeah. I now want Rafinha back. So, you know, it's, it's, it's literally how not to play FPL. And I, I admit to it, for the last two weeks, it's been not my usual style of play. I got lucky, actually, because at 59, 11.59 or 10.59 or whatever the deadline was, I decided to switch, uh, to play Jesus instead of Livermento because I was just going to bench Jesus. I wasn't sure if he's going to start for City or not and I thought it would be a tight game. But then I thought, you know, you always advise people to play that attacker over the defender. Just do it. And I did it. Yeah. Literally with one minute to go. Um, So yeah, um, the hit in isolation didn't work. But my other move was actually Antonio from Bamford. So together, it's fine. But I didn't need to do the second one because I could afford Antonio without the hit. But yeah, anyway, look, 
even with Sophie in 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 play, we're still mere average players compared to those to those at the top. So, Pali, you you you're gonna do PJ's job or give it your best shot anyway. No, nobody can do it as well as as PJ does. I'm talking about the the voice of the radio, not not the way he pronounces names. So um, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, I, I think I'm better at that, but I I lack yeah. his uh, his specific tones. But I will try my best. So this week in the Amigos FPL Classic League, we have in joint fourth place with FPL Ukraine, it's Maxim Melanovsky. I think that was a relatively respectable effort there. Yeah, not bad. Not so bad. He, is, he is joined with the Klopp Report, which is Michael Charman. Then in third place with Peaky Blinders is Wayne Hadfield. And then in second place, I apologize in advance for any harm done with this pronunciation. But with the team Genie Mini Mane Mo, we have Adrian Paunch, I think might be in the right vein. And then in yep. first place with Green Eggs and Sam, it's at Big Sam underscore FPL. So well done. They're all doing infinitely better than we are. Well done, guys. Right. It's time for my rant, and my God, this is it's a special one for me because um, I, I have never hidden my fact that I don't think much of uh, what official FBL do. You know, when we had when we had the pause in the game, they didn't really know how to handle it. They had plenty of time. We arranging the fixtures, etc. But you have over eight million players, and you still can't figure out how to protect them. Yeah, hacking is gonna happen. Fine, but at least have the decency sometimes to respond. Look, we, we're happy this season that there's actually there seems to be a person behind that account and they're bantering. Good, good because it should be like that. Give and take, no problem. But these people, you know, we say F, uh, football without fans is nothing. Well, FBL without players is also nothing, and they. It's happened so many times where accounts, whether it's big or small, get hacked and you get no response. You get a standard email and nothing is done about it. We all are. I, I can't imagine whether I'm having a bad season or a good season, just suddenly turning up and my team is hacked. Clearly hacked, by the way, because no one is going to do 100, minus 158. So for what? Some of these guys, when you look at their seasons, they're actually doing quite well. And then suddenly they're hacked. Now, that's that's for official FBL. As for the hacker, to be sad enough to do something like this, it's just it must be a pathetic life. So you know, get a life, do something else, and yeah, Mazat. Yeah, I mean, I I struggle with this one. I I work in in this industry, and it is unfathomable to me that a website with the scale of users that fantasy football has over 8 million players and users do not have at a minimum any form of multi-factor authentication is quite astounding. There are very small websites that would have that and this is in no way advanced user security but it is a minimum requirement and they don't have it so it's just kind of shocking. As to the motivation behind the people doing it, that's equally hard to fathom there isn't financial gain to be had here. And frankly, you only really understand how hurtful it is if you're someone who plays the game. So it's a really strange situation that we continue to to see happen. Um, and I, I just would urge people to disconnect any connected apps and to um, yep. maintain good password hygiene. 
That's all you can exactly. do. Exactly. No, completely agree. Right. Let's move on now onto the topic. So, look, we talked a lot about premiums, but we want to show some love to the cheap price players. We're going to look at some of the cheap mids and forwards, as some of them have been chipping in with goals and assists. Gallagher tonight with an assist, just proving vital for managers who are going with three to four premiums. So if you had Ronaldo, Lukaku, Salah, and let's say um, even TAA count as a premium, you need some of those fillers in your team. We're going to start with the with the mids, 6.5 and below. Actually, FBL Kush and FBL Kush goes Jota replacements already on Saar and Rafinha. So we want to look, look, we talked a lot about Jota, Saar, Rafinha. I want to, I want to touch about the others that have not really been looked at in details. Definitely not by us, not in too much detail anyway. So let's start with Everton, uh, the trio of Everton, Ducore, Townsend and Gray. Okay. These guys are key to Everton and are stepping up when the big boys got injured. BCL, Richarlison not playing, Coleman not playing. Those are big names for, for Everton, whether it's personalities or goals. And these new boys have stepped up and delivered. Any of them impress you? Who stands out? Are the fixtures good to, to go that? You know, some people have gone for, for one of them. Would you, would you go for one of these guys long, long term? Mm, so it's tricky, right? Because definitely a few weeks ago, I was looking at, like many, at Gray in particular. He's, he was a really nice price point. I mean, he still is for what he's delivering at, at 5.8. He's obviously had three price rises since the, the season began. I just, I think an optimal time to, to jump in on them would have been a few weeks ago uh, because we're, we're now looking at fixtures that, you know, they're not horrible, but they aren't the amazing fixtures that they were. I mean, bear in mind, they did just play Norwich. So that has to be factored in. They've got United, West Ham, Watford, Wolves. Please don't forget the hashtag no disrespect, please. (laughs) (laughs) I think Corey has gone really under the radar for me. I was all about Gray. Like, I feel like most people were talking about Gray. And, uh, but I also agree with you, Carly. It was a few weeks ago, then they were, they had these, the sea of green. And now it's getting a bit tougher. I would say. It's still, from an attacking point of view, it's still possible to score against United, West Ham, Watford, even Wolves <laughs> and Spurs. So, so it's not. I'm not so completely turned off by the idea, but I do agree that uh, a few weeks ago probably was the better uh, point to get on. And now there are others who are getting into better fixtures going yeah. forward who may be more appealing. What about Townsend on set pieces? I don't find Townsend that appealing, truth be told. I mean, look, yes, okay. okay, he scored a penalty there, but we know that he's, best case scenario, third in line for penalties under normal circumstances. So it, it seems that the order is Calvert-Lewin, then Richarlison, then Townsend, and then Gray after that, right? Because I believe Gray took a penalty in preseason when none of the other three were on the field. So he did take a penalty. I, he's two goals and two assists. That's not bad. I mean, to be fair, he's been quite clinical with his attempts. So he's nine attempts on goals, seven of them on target. That's quite a bit better than the likes of Gray with 11 attempts, um, three on target. Six of Gray's attempts have been blocked. So, you know, what does that tell you? I happen to agree with Sophie that I I quite like Dukure. We, we know Dukure is playing in a different role than he's played previously. So this is a position that allows him to be more attacking. He's had 10 attempts, five shots on target, one big chance, created five chances. 
and he scored two goals and three assists. He's just low-key sitting under the radar. He plays every game. He's 5.6. Very cheap. I think he'll prove difficult to forecast when he will get returns. That's one of the challenges, I think. What I would say is that I feel like they, if you have them, what you you definitely wouldn't sell them, right? Because they have proved really lucrative. These are absolutely matches that they can perform in. Man United have a wonderful track record for conceding just enough, i.e. one goal to annoy their, <laughs> their uh, defensive owners. But um, so these teams are all capable of conceding. But I, I do think that, as Sophie said, at this point, we're starting to see others. I mean, you name-checked Gallagher, and, you know, I think maybe Sophie might talk a bit more about him. He's playing right now. Uh, he's someone that I think looks really interesting, and he the fixtures aren't as bad as people said they were. I think, you know, having the, the Liverpool match over and done with helps with that. But I think yeah. there are other yeah. options that we're now casting our eyes towards as the next opportunity. So well, are let, you let's missing look at a them. trick going ever to now after the yeah. great run? No, that, and that's a fair point. Well, we've got, so you, you touched on Gallagher. He's very involved with Palace, um, set pieces, assists tonight, always forward, always trying to... to uh, um, what I like about him is turns, shoots. If he's in the area, he just, just doesn't doesn't think twice. Other runs, turns or shoots, you know, and sometimes he just turns and shoots. And Buemo is another one. He's playing sometimes as a second striker. Brentford's <laughs> fixtures coming up are quite nice. We've got plenty of strikers. If you don't want Tony, you could go to Embuemo. And just after yesterday, it's not just after yesterday, I think Arsenal have been doing well, but uh, Smith Rowe stroke Saka, so one of these guys. Sophie, yeah. out, of these, out of these four, who would you say impressed you the most? Um, and would you say these are the guys that like you jump in between? They are the fixture guys, aren't they? They are, definitely. I think, personally, I'm very interested in getting on Gallagher. I think that they... I was thinking, uh, initially, I was thinking that their fixtures turn around game week 10, but they actually aren't that bad. I mean, they have Man City in game week 10, which is bad, but then before that, they've got Newcastle, Arsenal, and Leicester, and I mean, they can, they can, uh, Gallagher might do something in all of those. So, um, I actually quite like the look of him, uh, but I must say that I'm really impressed by, um, how Brentford have, have looked recently. Really like how Embuemo and Tony uh, play together, and they have a lot of aerial threat as well. That was how Liverpool were struggling against uh, against them. But uh, so basically, I think Embuemo. Time, I was really impressed by them. You know, like we said, we we want to see wait. And so it started with Tony, moved him out, said let's wait and see. Done some nice touches in some of the games, but you can see like. Look, against Liverpool, people saying Liverpool defended badly. We defended badly because Brentford made us defend badly. They were all over us. They didn't give us, they didn't give us space. Fine. They, you want to say they pinpointed the TAA as the weak point. Fine. But the Liverpool, we didn't, they, they noticed that we, we relied too much on one player. So they, they had free on him. Yeah. Right. So, and the, the link up between Tony and Mbwema, I really like. Uh, they're jumping straight away. On, with, when you have a guy that always wins in the air, you want the second ball, and you always see him way more there or thereabouts. I, I see him as a striker player. You know, he's an out of position uh, player sometimes for us. Um, so yeah, I agree. And their fixtures, their fixtures come come along nicely. What about the Arsenal boys? Have they like you know, I know Kylie. You started with Smith Rowe, and yesterday he had a great mm. game. Yeah, about Arsenal five weeks to, too late to for me. <laughs> 
I was impressed with him from the beginning. When, he you know, had, when we he spoke had about actually, it. yeah, he's been impressive. You know, he's played well since the beginning in most of the matches. He's looked threatening. He's actually had quite a number of attempts. Granted, the end product was looking problematic in those early games. And, and also, Arsenal just weren't playing well. Uh, as a general rule, we had Tierney who was playing well. Smithrow was playing well. Not a whole lot else beyond maybe Pepe in one or two of the, the games kind of doing a little bit of something. They have certainly looked much better in the last couple of weeks. This has obviously been far and away their best offensive play and and performance. And I'm sure they would have loved the fact that they delivered that against uh, Tottenham. But My God, Spurs were awful though, as yeah, well. Like, as just, good as Arsenal, were, Spurs were awful. They're just quite awful, right? <laughs> they really rode their luck it, getting three clean sheets in the first three weeks. It's kind of astounding. But I I just wouldn't get overly excited on Arsenal just yet. It is one game against a terrible Tottenham team at the moment. So I'd like to see a little bit more from them. I, I do think that their young players are exciting. They're really nicely priced. And I think we all want them to deliver on the promise that we know that they have. It, consistency is something that I would be a bit concerned about. Yeah. So yeah. I think if we see them deliver again and and really look like they're a team that that's starting to to make some headway in this season then i think they could be lucrative buys from an fpl perspective agree london Derby is, is normally a high score right fair. yeah i 100 agree and there's also i mean they faced burnley in norwich and they won both of them but they won them one nil yeah that's not those are games that you would suspect that they may be, you know, against yeah. Norwich. That's that's the one fixture you you expect players. I mean, Evan scored what two goals or was it two or three goals without a striker? <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. So these teams are winning against them that aren't massively high scoring or prolific. The fact that Arsenal only scored one goal against Burnley and Norwich, who are both in the relegation zone is concerning yeah yeah cool. so that goes for the consistency that you're uh, speaking of uh, to me so i do think that embuemo and gallagher are probably you know safer picks while arsenal are sort of a wait and see still even though they've been looking good it's just uh, there's something about kind of icky about them so. <laughs> yeah look I've, I, I say the same thing about arsenal all the time if you want to play to like if they want to play football against them they could probably outdo most of the teams Unfortunately, yesterday, Spurs did not play football and did not uh, become physical against Tottenham. And that's just uh, against Spurs, uh, against Arsenal. And that's just a recipe for disaster, which is why it really worked for, for, for Arsenal. Spurs was just nowhere. But yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think um, I do like the look of Wemo or, or Gallagher, one of the Everton boys as well. But what I agree on the most is the fact that these guys are fixture guys. When you see good fixtures, go for it. Obviously, it's not always going to be green or, or what you see as green. Sometimes you might have a tough one. Well, bench them. That's why sometimes you have the bench. Or you play them and just don't expect much. And sometimes you might be surprised. But because they're cheap, you're, you're able to put them on the bench and not worry too much about it. Yeah, definitely. And I, actually, I was just going to say, I mean, this is, you know, we talk about it quite a lot, but this is the key difference between your premium players and those those budget options the biggest indicator of performance for these guys and the ability to develop some form is the fixtures. 
it, it's yeah. rare enough that you would find and it look it happens right but on occasion but generally speaking form is always going to be derived from strong fixtures for these guys whereas with your premium players yes you love to have them play against the the terrible teams where they're going to get a huge amount of points but they're capable of returns in any match so there's a case for saying stay stable with the premium options that you've chosen whatever combination that might be and then look at using your free transfers to move around some of those budget attacking players there are so many of them and there are so many of them that have proven to be capable of returning good points when the fixture runs nice yeah i think it's also a point for like managing expectations towards you know people that you've played paid 5.5 or 6 million from they're not going to score every week if they do, you're lucky. It's like, sorry, I wasn't expecting him to go off and score goals every week, but he's six million. So you get happy with the points you get. Exactly. Yeah. If you're if yeah. you're expecting him to return on par with uh, a Salah, then your expectations and other things <laughs> need some management. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's move on to the the strikers now. Yeah. So the chief strikers, many people who went with Ron and Ron double are looking for that third spot. Tony, we just touched on Brentford. Tony seems to be settled now. Good fixtures coming. Kay, would you say he's on your radar? We said Embuemo is, is an option. Would you say Tony's on your radar? They've got some nice fixtures coming up. So, yeah, I look, I, I definitely think that Tony is someone that people will be considering, particularly given the fact that Brentford's performances have been really strong and he has started very respectably over the uh, first few games of the season. But I, I think the major challenge with him is it's more to do with the competition that he has in our minds for those positions. Antonio is a, is a huge one that comes to mind. Uh, he is not someone that I, and I assume many others, are going to be looking at selling anytime soon. Um, they still have def- uh, decent fixtures. And frankly, he has just been so strong this season that there's no way I want him out of my, my team. So then with two more forward positions available, everyone is going to have at least one of Romelu Lukaku or uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. So that some people might have both. It, it really depends on your forward strategy. But if I assume that I only have one, that's my second forward. And then I really have to debate the merits of, do I want an additional premium? Do I want to go stay with the strategy that I currently have, which is very cheap third forward and invest in midfield? Or do I want to consider someone like Calvert-Lewin or Bamford? They are currently injured and unavailable, but they will be back in the next couple of weeks. And we don't have to cast our minds too far back to when they were both appealing to people and everyone was diving on these guys as an ideal complement to Antonio and either Ronaldo or Lukaku. So I think it's really hard to find a place for Tony in the long run. That's not to say that he won't be a decent option for people. It's just that we have limited space for these players and I don't know that he necessarily competes strongly enough in my mind for those spots. I think possibly Mbuemo might be more interesting to me just because his price point is really handy to have as a midfielder, even though arguably Tony might be the the better long-term pick. So it's less about anything to do with him. 
he's doing the right things, but it, it's it's just hard for him to justify selection over yeah. some of the other options. No, it's 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 fair. It's funny because the way I put the question is, I said people who have Ronaldo and and Lukaku now. Those people might also want Antonio, and sometimes you just go three up top, strong. The other way it could work is if you have one of them, plus an Antonio, and then you have a third spot, and that third spot can be the one that moves. You know how we said for the cheap midfielders, you move them around? Well, for the cheap forwards, you could actually do Tony, then an Armstrong or a San Maximilian, depending on depending on those fixtures. And you keep you keep one premium, Ronaldo or Lukaku, depending on the fixtures, and then you've got that price point for Antonio if when he stops or if he stops, you've got Bamford or whatever. So um, look, I agree with you. I think I think he does have good fixtures coming. Uh, I'm quite impressed with the way he plays. What impressed me about Brentford is they play as a unit. They've got set pieces as well, down to the tee. The, the, the goal against Liverpool, uh, the first one, is so underrated. Yes, we should have defended it better, but the run, the disguise, the flick from Tony, that was all off the training field. And these guys will have a lot more set pieces like that involving Tony because he is the centerpiece there. Uh, but but I also agree with you that Embuemo for his price and uh, with the cheap midfielders um, as a good option, as a good option as Tony from, from Brentford. Sophie, Watford, people went for yeah. them. People went I for mean, them. If they don't have Saar, you know, there's King, there's Dennis. Yeah. What, what, what do you think? I, I actually, I really like, uh, I think maybe a Hindu or PJ uh, might have been more passionate about this rant because he's got King in his team. Yeah. Uh, but I've noticed uh, also by watching Watford, I think that uh, the link up between King and Saar is a really good good one. I really like it. I do actually, for the time being, prefer King to Dennis. I just think that he creates, it's just the whole situation with King and Saar working together. I think they're a very good fit. It seems like they have great chemistry. Uh, so I actually do prefer King uh, to Dennis for the time being, but I'm like, I prefer Sar most of all because he's the talisman he's on penalties he has all of that but and I would be a bit skeptical of doubling up on Watford but if you don't have Sar and you're interested in getting someone then maybe King could be a decent differential I mean if he hadn't had that one goal offside this weekend he would have been up for like what a 12 pointer or something yeah so he's been looking really good and that's uh, I don't know what do you guys think yeah, yeah I, I tend to agree. Go I ahead. Think, Go ahead. I think uh, King isn't necessarily as nailed, if I recall, but maybe it's just that he had a sort of slower start to the yeah. the season. I'm not entirely sure. Let me actually just have a quick look at his minutes. Yeah, so he didn't play in the first game, 25 minutes after that, 64, then 52 and 90 in the last two minutes. So it could just be a case of them integrating him in. Um, and and now that now we're starting to see him play more minutes, uh, in, in which case that's great news for him. I definitely agree with you, Sophie, that his uh, chemistry with Sar is something that's really compelling. We are seeing them work really well together. We've seen King succeed in the league before, particularly when he was um, with Bournemouth in that breakout season that he had. So he is someone that that's quite interesting to me. Dennis has obviously done really well as well. I think. We feel a little bit more reassured about who the people are. I mean, we, we've talked about Watford having 47 strikers, which was all a bit ridiculous. <laughs> but, I mean, Dennis and 
Dennis and King seem, seem to be the guys. Sar is absolutely the number one pick. He's also the really, he's the nailed one. He's, he has so much about him. So I think. I believe I, he's also on penalty. Yeah, he, he, he yeah. took them when, when Dean was in there. Obviously, Dean is left. There's a debate that King, because he's also a good penalty taker, could take them. So we don't know. It's, it's another mm. Ronaldo. Yeah. But I do think Ronaldo. that. Um, actually, the whole uh, forward situation or them having that many strikers is actually something to ha- bear in mind because yeah. they have a gazillion strikers. And if King has one bad game or two, will we see him still continuing to be in the lineup? I'm not as sure. It's it's. I'm not sure if he's. I think he's secured his spot. Uh, for, now. Yeah. for now, but how long will it last? That's sort of a risk. Uh, in that. Yeah. The, the well, thing with them, and just I guess the last note there, where they're really appealing is that they are the standout picks at that price point. You know, yeah. that kind of 5.5, right? Far and away, the standout picks there. Yeah. Um, so they make it really viable to have a functioning third forward that is budget, and you can't really get that at lower than that price point. So I think maybe that's where if you see double ups, it might be because that is a position that someone's maybe benching. But yeah, I think at the moment King looks the pick over of the two of them. But I would also say he maybe looks the lesser nailed of the two for now. Now on to one of my favorite footballers of current times, just to watch the way he plays is is ridiculous. He looks like he enjoys playing. He's absolutely a baller. The speed, the way he keeps the ball, he is literally keeping Newcastle alive by himself. San Maximilian. I mean, Sophie, you brought him in. I did. And he's he's delivered in the last two games now. A goal and an assist yeah. plus top bonus points. What what a player. He is a great player. And it's it's one of those things like um, the whole thing with not being said on a certain narrative. I've, I'm trying to watch the games and make judgments off them because... Before the season, we were all thinking that St. Max reclassified as a forward. Not even He's not even close to being value at that price and everything. But he's been looking really good. And I'm sort of wondering, is he a better player or are Newcastle? Are they just like when they're playing so attacking? He's returning practically every game. I I really, really like the look of him. I love him as a play. Like he's one of my favorite players as well. So. So it's um, it's great when they also get points. Um, but I uh, he's returned practically. Yeah, <laughs> I think PJ, no, PJ touched on it. Um, I think last last board where he said that they it's a it, it's a positional change. He's now playing down the middle more, and he's running at people, and and it's 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 working for him. He is delivering, and I, and I, and I just think like okay, yes, Newcastle are awful, bless them, and the quality around him. If he had better quality, the guy would be pouring assists like honestly every game he will be getting you minimum one assist or two plus the goals you add on top so I agree with you at the beginning I think when we saw that he was a, I still think he's not a forward I think I see him more as a an attacking midfielder but anyway it doesn't matter he is delivering and at that price I think he's worth it again um, yeah, and it's also the, when we don't have the likes of Bamford and DCL available you sort of have yeah. to look other places and I was looking at him and actually of all people, I was looking at Wood. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's because he's playing Norwich next, right? Like. He's playing Norwich next. And that uh, I have, after going for Sarah against Norwich, I have this thing. That it's a good strategy. Like 
But uh, but Witt is also, I mean, he is the striker who I trust the most um, of the Burnley players, and he's, um, you know, he's a what what did you say? Like he's the definition of nailed. He's not going to be rotated. Uh, yeah. And no, it's only his, it's only his fitness. That's the only thing. It's just sometimes yeah. we see him as injury prone, but sorry, the way he plays and runs his hamstrings, I'm surprised they keep up with him. <laughs> yeah, that's this, that's the case for ASM too. He's been very injury prone in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, so there, the bottom line then is that there are quite a few uh, budget options there. You know, we we mentioned Tony, we mentioned ASM, we mentioned Wood. There's Armstrong well, the next well. one, yeah, yeah, we go, we go from the most exciting to one of the most boring. The least exciting. <laughs> Armstrong. I, I guess the reason I put him in there is because Saints fixtures do turn, yeah. and hasn't impressed me. But please change my mind. Yeah, okay. is, is he an option? Mm, he's an uninspired one. I mean, he's an option. He has all his limbs together, and he's out there playing every week. So you could buy him. I don't. He's actually very prolific in front of goal. He's just not prolific at scoring goals, seemingly. So he's had 19 attempts. I think the most boring game I watched, the most boring game I watched this season so far, or maybe even over the last two seasons, was Wolves Southampton. Definitely, the first half was probably the most boring half I watched from both teams. (laughs) From quality, quality and just the football. Like honestly, they couldn't pass. And so maybe I'm thinking of that when I see Armstrong, but. And when you say he's not prolific, or you say he's prolific, but not too many chances. No, prolific at shooting, just not at getting anything from him, right? So he's had 19 <laughs> attempts on goal. So six of them are on target, which, look, isn't the worst compared to some, but it's just like 19 attempts. And I think he has one goal and one assist. Not exactly inspired. The, the fixtures are great. They have Leeds, Burnley, Watford, Villa. These are some of the teams that are conceding the most. But I think you just have to ask Lucy how enthusiastic she's feeling about Saints at the moment, and that will sort of tell you everything you need to know. Yeah. I just don't... I think Livermento is a great pick to have in your team because of his price. He is also high on the ex-lively scale, but Armstrong is really hard to get by. I mean... Why pay the, what, $6 million for Armstrong when you can just get King or Dennis? I'd rather have King or Dennis and double up with Saar than have Armstrong. And I would forget he was in my team. I'd be like, I just have 14 players and this yeah, player and and I, make I, me I, have a nap. Yeah, I guess, look, the, the one thing that I would say is Saints have to turn it around. They are not, they are a good, they're a good team. They're a good mid-table, a Premier League team. And... They need to turn around, they need to score goals, and he's one of the main men uh, along with Che. But he seems to stay on when Adams come off, which is interesting. So he's more your 90-man, 90-minute man. So I guess he's an option when the fixtures turn well if other players for me are injured, suspended or off form. Uh, if everyone else is gone. (laughs) uh, Well, basically, but we've seen it, right, where sometimes three strikers just drop. (laughs) Yeah. And and, and there you go. You're out of options. If you're a fixtures kind of person, I don't think fixtures get better than Southampton's fixtures from game week 8 to 12. It's actually insane, the run they have. If he doesn't return anything from those fixtures, then it's just complete avoid for me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a fair gauge, right? Like, The only team that's missing there is Norwich, just because we love when teams play Norwich. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Well, guys, look, good discussion. Um, 
time to move on now and go on to the uh, listener questions. We've had a we've had a lot of um, questions come through, so thank you for everybody. Right, FBL Lionshead at FBL underscore Lionshead. Uh, my big decision for going week seven is centre backs or wing backs. So we got a couple of questions on those. I'll, I'll read them out and then we'll we'll have a discussion. Diaz and Rudy got more nailed on. Cancelo and Alonso more likely to get attacking return. He's got two 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 three uh, two free transfers. Which one would you go for? Also. Hillary uh, Wilds at Hillary Wilds says that say which Chelsea defender should I bring in and then which Man City one is likely to be a victim of Brulette, please. So Sophie, which Chelsea one do you prefer and which City one do you think is the most fav- favorable one to play? Um, I like uh, now that Reese James is out, I'm sort of thinking that Aspie might be uh, an option coming in. I'm not 100% sure because I'm not an, a Chelsea expert how nailed he is. Um, but definitely, I think if you're looking to get uh, two Chelsea defenders, Rudiger should be one of them, basically because he's probably their most nailed defender. And then if you're looking for another one, then an attacking defender. But it, this always comes up to like comes down to risk management. How many players yeah. that are rotation prone can you afford to have in your team? How strong is your bench? Yep, exactly. And with Livermento as a live option, we just mentioned Saints run. You can mm. have you can mm. have a risky one. Yeah. And if they don't, the hope is they don't. James is probably one of the worst because when he was fit, he sometimes if he doesn't play, he used to come on for the last five minutes, which is yeah. really frustrating. Whereas sometimes what. Pep, Pep wouldn't put a defender on most of the time. Or, uh, a, a, well, Rudiger has come back. You know, you hope that the guy that doesn't play just does not come on at all. And then you have Livermento off the bench mm-hmm. um, as a viable option with those fixtures. Uh, Kylie, what about you? Do, you? do you agree with the options or do, do, you, do you have a, a favourite? I'm torn a little bit in exactly that way about, uh, you know, these are obviously decisions that we're all making at the moment. I'm eyeballing a Chelsea defender for this game week. Um, and the Alonso versus Rudiger debate has kind of gone around and around in my head. Yeah. I want to be... I'm, I'm playing more pragmatic this season, you know, not taking hits, not doing crazy moves, mm-hmm. not at this point anyway. So uh, Rudiger is a consistent choice for how I'm playing this season so far, but I still always... It's nostalgia with Alonso, and it's... Yeah. It's also the... It would be easy with Alonso if he'd already been rotated, <laughs> but the fact that he's yeah. consistently playing, it's like the, it lures you in. You're like, maybe he is, you know, maybe he's actually got that nailed down, but even though Chilwell is there lurking um, and there's no way that Chilwell is going to be happy about not playing at all. So it feels no. like a trap, oh, but I would yeah. completely agree with you that I think there's enough upside there um, and given the likes of budget options that are available to us, if we feel that Alonso won't come on, it's worth doing because you, you've got a viable someone to come come off the bench yeah. for you. And that really is. The oh, what about the City maker. Boys? City what about Boys. The City Boys. I'm probably. on fire. He is on fire, but I still think I'm actually more inclined to go with Diaz there. Really. Um, yeah, I, I I think I am. I just don't trust that Pep will. He, I, I, even though options are more limited now than they than they were, I yeah. there's just something about DS that is so reliable. <laughs> like, yeah. 
And I feel, I do feel like maybe if I'm going to go with the slightly riskier option for one of the teams, I probably don't want to do it with both. So it for me, it's either like Cancelo and Rudiger or maybe Diaz and yeah. Alonso, that kind of combo. So I Makes just sense. have to decide Makes which sense, of them yeah. I think where I want to kind of go for the more exciting option, Chelsea or City. Yeah, that's that's. And I, I'll be honest, I do think Cancelo is so much promise, but I feel like Alonso more regularly returns on his yeah. potential than Cancelo does. So that's why I think Diaz might be the uh, Diaz and Alonso might be the combo that I go with. You think Alonso delivers more than Cancelo on his potential? So I, over the over the course of them playing, Alonso has, and I mean he's gotten assists and everything. Whereas I feel like Cancelo, so off. I mean he he monster hauled um, on one of the occasions last season, but I do feel like last year certainly so much promise, but it doesn't always yes, eventuate. Agree. That's what I mean. Agree. Yeah. Although yeah. although I I think he's had two double digits so far this season. Yeah, definitely I mean, one he, last week. He, he yeah. definitely seems to be improving so yeah, yeah that yeah. could be completely out the window this season but mm-hmm. all we've got yeah. to go on is prior judgment agree what, risks with all. yeah what i'll say is i know it's frustrating i know prices are moving don't make a move before the champions league games yeah. you, you so not, many you... injuries this season already exactly exactly yeah. And it's so hard, though, with the, we try to predict who's going to get rotated every week. Like, I saw James was playing midweek. I was like, okay, so he's probably not going to play start this weekend. So I benched him and he he was in the starting lineup. And then I was like, fuck. And then he got injured. So it was fine that I benched him. But it was also like, fuck again, because I (laughs) have to transfer him out. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. (laughs) You, look, we can't, we can never fully predict. But if Cancelo's not in the squad tomorrow, you know he's likely to play on the weekend, right? Yeah, he's been more likely, so more far. likely than more likely than if he plays a 90-minute game in the Champions League, I would say. Right, talking about Cancelo, um, FBL uh, underscore Bowie at Anfield at Romero and Dulvo. Uh, go with both TAA and Cancelo, or just TAA for game week seven. So City are playing Liverpool. Would you play them both or would you bench one of them? I, personally, I, I play all my big players. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. like benching. You know what? The, the one time I benched a semi-premium was last year when I benched Shaw. I think it was against Tottenham. And that was the it one. It was where... against City. He scored a goal. Oh, was that, was, that was the one. Right, exactly. Against City then. Yeah, so he scored a goal. Um, and he was on my bench. It's just not something you can do because, again, you can't predict results. And uh, look at the look at the City uh, Chelsea match. There was only one goal for City in that, a deflected goal. Then you look at the Chelsea Liverpool match, even down to ten men for Chelsea was still, you know. So I, I just think that between those three teams, we looked at the, the st- well, actually, I looked at the stats for Brentford last week, but as part of that comparison, what was exposed was the massive difference between the rest of the league and Liverpool City and Chelsea's defences. So I think any of those matches between them could easily be a nil-all, or it could be like a one-nil in either direction. So I think it's a huge gamble to bench either of them. I think if you don't own own Cancelo, maybe get him the following week if you yeah. can. Um, yeah. But if yeah. you own them, yeah, I wouldn't. But it's worth noting that apparently Trent didn't travel 
for me. Yes, I just games. saw that. So yeah, yeah. That may be nothing, or it may be something worth noting. Yeah. Um, uh, continuing with the City Liverpool theme, nuclear atom at particle impact. Is it worth playing Torres against Liverpool since Liverpool versus Man City most of the time turns out to be a high scoring game? It's an interesting question because it's true, especially at Anfield. Um, it's usually a high scoring game. So, would, would you, if you have Torres, would you play him? Uh, I just, I think if you have Torres, you've had him for the last two blanks, uh, sorry, two benchings. <laughs> and then the blank before that. Um, so I don't think that there's a lot of Torres owners who actually have had any points from Torres. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to want to stomach holding him. And I think the Liverpool match will probably spook the majority of remaining owners. Uh, I do agree with you. I mean, if I knew he was playing, then I'd be tempted to hold just because it's a high stakes game and it can be high scoring. These matches like this are really unpredictable. We just don't know. Is it going to? It's. It feels always like it's either going to be low scoring, nil all draw, or high scoring and end to end. So yeah, I don't know. Basically, I think... if you have him in in your team, it's hard to bench him against yeah. uh, Liverpool. Um, if you either sell because you think that there's a much better alternative, yeah. or you play and hope. It's been, yeah. The thing. The thing is, look. You have him in your team, and most likely you're thinking right now to bring in either City defenders or Chelsea defenders or Lukaku. Yeah. So Torres is not is not a fire you need to put out. So if he doesn't, like, this is what I would do if he wasn't my team. If he plays this Champions League game, I'll probably bench him and and look for somebody else, especially if he plays the full game. If he doesn't play, then I'll probably start him. Um, but otherwise, if you're not sure, always start and and, and rely on your bench. I don't think. Unless you have no other fires, I wouldn't be moving him on. I, yeah, I don't know. There's if you... other priorities for everyone this week, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. that's exactly. the thing. Many have Shaw and have to pay attention to the extent of the injury there. That's sort of what I'm thinking that many might have yeah. other fires to put out this week. Yeah. That was why I was thinking that probably yeah. benching Torres isn't what you're going to do. It's not going to be the biggest concern. But if it is your biggest concern, then. Uh, then good on you. Then yeah. we're jealous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Continuing with the City uh, theme, the dude uh, Morpheus, at the dude Morpheus, Jack Grealish, great calves, loves a sex party, not too smart off the pitch, decent player on it. Six league starts for the team with the highest XG in the league. Decent attacking option after the international break. Jimmy the Claret at Claret FPL says, I have to downgrade Mane to be able to offload Chelsea defender. Given Liverpool just got done over by Brentford, is Grealish a good option? Now, I called him out on that. I was like, done over? It was 3-3. Like, and then what he meant was, like, well, they scored three goals. So do you think Grealish can, you know, Mane, Mane didn't deliver. Do you think we can swap him to Grealish? So Grealish, is he a valid option now from six starts on the trot for City? Assists, I think he's got a couple of goals. What do we think about Grealish? Not his hair or calves. I have to be honest, I don't really find cities, this feels such a strange thing to say, but I don't really find cities attack that appealing at the moment, which is really counterintuitive because they can be so prolific in front of goal. And Grealish certainly feels to be the most nailed based on what we have seen. It always feels a risk to suggest anyone is when Pep is always lurking around the corner waiting to strike, but... He, he seems a stable option in an otherwise unstable team 
that that's going for him. But I, I think the biggest draw for me at the moment is their defence. And that's simply because there are so many midfield options, uh, options cheaper than Grealish even, that are returning and that don't come with a headache. So I think yeah. that's why we're finding that the likes of Grealish and others in that team are being overlooked because he's not outperformed other players in the medium to low end of midfielders. So why would we... Yeah. we... Now his fixtures are turning, so you know we could see... Look, I agree right, with but... you. I agree with you on City. It's interesting because I'm not... The only reason I had Jesus is because it was a one-week punt mm. against Saints at home. And then what happened is Bamford got injured. So I had to sell him instead of Jesus. And then Jesus scored. And now I have Shaw injured. My initial my initial thinking was Jesus is going to go for Lukaku. But now if Shaw's out, do I, do I just go for a Chelsea defender and wait a week? Yeah. Is Lukaku... Are Southampton going to do to Chelsea what they did to City? You know, so it, it, I just have... But, the City players, I'm not, I'm, I'm not fussed if I have one of their attackers for a few reasons. One is all this rotation crap. And secondly, they're all low on. That honestly, they're not going to harm you if you don't have exactly. them. Versus the same players around them in the same price. So I know people don't like yo, and I'm, I'm, I'm not talking just, a, but, but it's a reality. They're not highly owned, so they won't hurt you. You will move up, but you won't move down. I guess that's, that's what, what I'm trying to say. But at, at the same time, you have you don't have the benefit of shared risk then, right? Because they may because they're not highly owned, then other people aren't necessarily suffering in the way that you are when those people are rotated, and their Ben Ramas and the like might get actual yep. returns. So could hurt you more exactly. Mm, uh, no doubt, our ch- our tune will change throughout this season. It is early days, but they I'm certainly. Sure struggling to compete with some of the other ideas that we may have for transfers in our team. I really agree with you both. I I think maybe one of the things that has helped me come off to a good start this season vs last season is that I've avoided City players entirely. And it's just because of that rotation. And so far, I don't really know what to expect of them either. Like last season we have this expectation that they will score 10 goals a game and we know that they can, but a lot of the times they don't. And last season, KDB was like firing off shot after shot after shot and he was blanking all the time. Uh, But that could be a thing that changes now. I mean, if KDB gets up to speed and then you have Grealish there as well, who has been looking great, I think Grealish can be a cheap and nice option who returns a lot. But for me, I'm still sort of, edging on the wait and see maybe he can be a good replacement for Jota for those who have him um they're sort of around the same price range uh but um uh, I don't know there's there's the whole rotation uncertainty yeah thing I don't like uh, yeah I'm the same as you Sophie I decided to avoid them and like I said that uh, because of what happened last season because I had three of them and you get excited and then you get not not enough and in fact I think not last season or the season before. It, it was one of the reasons that I didn't have a great um, season because I, I, the thing is you don't want to let them go because it's always good fixture after good fixture after good fixtures and then you get the rotation or you get the promise of points but hardly anything and it, it becomes frustrating. And yeah, like I said, the only reason I had Jesus is because it was meant to be a one-week punt but now it could be a bit longer. But okay, enough enough about City. Let's switch <laughs> to, to the other 
to the other Manchester team. Uh, Stadium uh, of Sports, at Stadium of Sports. Can Vardy match Cristiano and Lukaku? At 10.4, is he now looking good value? Jamie Vardy, I always seem to ignore him, but yet he's always scoring. I mean, he, he was so bored, he scored in his own net, and then he wouldn't have scored. Hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think of Jamie Vardy, 10.4 versus Lukaku, 11.7 now, and Ronaldo at 12.5? Well, I haven't been impressed enough with Leicester to begin with. Obviously, that was a turnaround performance that they absolutely needed uh, and all managed by their main man. Their main man who seems to exist purely on Red Bull because how old is he now? I, hey, yeah. hey, hey, he's not that old. <laughs> I mean, in professional footballing terms, he's old enough, right? Um, I... I think that maybe at some point in the season he could do a trick for us. But again, it's that thing of he's a really awkward price point between the premium of Lukaku and then those sort of cheaper 8 million players. Um, so he's kind of in that yeah. limbo above Jesus. You know, it's kind of no man's land. And you have to make yeah. a conscious decision to omit a really key player of some description in your team to include Vardy whether that be a Lukaku or Ronaldo, a Salah or like a Trent, that's a conscious decision that you're making to to avoid someone important. Yeah, I guess the only, time, in, so. yeah, the only time I, I would even consider it is, is if I decide, so Ronaldo has tough fixtures, I look, Vardy has easier fixtures, maybe would look alongside Lukaku, but I agree with you. I think it's, it's that awkward price range, but you know what? He always delivers, but probably the opposite of Ronaldo. But does As a he, footballer, I mean, he, he's he's gone very under the radar. He's consistent in his returns, but yeah. can you rely on him for captaincy? That, that, and that's the issue. Sometimes he just blank. But you know, we've seen Ronaldo now. Lukaku blank twice, which which got back to the argument that he is a fixture guy too. So are Chelsea yeah. against the smaller teams? They will demolish them. Against the bigger teams, they'll be a bit more tact- tactical. Uh, Ronaldo just. Just blanked, but yes, I you know sometimes the frustration with him and the Ings or even Kane sometimes is they have those easy fixtures. You captain them, and we've seen them; they just blank, which is really frustrating at that point. That is my my issue with Vardy is I think he's really good, but whenever I set uh, these past two seasons or at least the past season, whenever I set the armband on him or expect him to do really well, he doesn't. I did expect yeah. him to do well this week, to be fair, and he did, but. But that was it. It's it can so easily go either way, and I don't really, I haven't really managed to figure out exactly. I think Leicester are a hard team to place how they play, and yeah, they're they're a bit tricky uh, for me. Well, I don't get what well, I don't get Rogers because Inehacho is definitely better option than for me right now. Yeah. For me, right now, ahead of Madison, ahead of Barnes, why are you not playing 3-5-2 or 4-4-2, whatever, to get Inahacho in? Because he definitely is a better option right now. They are struggling, and Barnes yeah. is struggling for form. Can't figure it Seriously, out. Seriously, you play him and he He's scores, assisting. Or it exactly. makes no sense. Get Inahacho on. That's, yeah. Get Inahacho on, and we can go for Inahacho. I believe PJ, PJ started a hashtag, free, free Kalichi, I believe. <laughs> right, continuing with United, uh, we have a couple of questions. So, PM, at Pathetico Morbid, is it time to ditch Man United assets? Hashtag Ronaldo, Bruno, and Shaw. Uh, and then we have uh, one other question on that one. Jonathan Strack, should I get rid of Greenwood? So, United assets, are they becoming... Shaw, Shaw's injured, 
some people still have Bruno, obviously annoyed about the penalty miss. Ronaldo just blanked. What are we thinking with and their fixtures are about to turn. What are we thinking about uh, United? I think the easiest sell on the planet is Shaw. It, it's not just that he's under. I mean, I think he's got an assist and then he got bonus um, on another week. I think, uh, but they're consistently conceding. As I said earlier, they're like conceding that one annoying goal that sort of prevents you from getting a clean sheet, but also doesn't make them the worst defense in the league. So you just kind of leave him there. He has so much potential; it's ridiculous. Um, but he doesn't always deliver on it. I find I found whenever I've owned him that, you know, I might sneak an assist if I'm lucky, but I I very rarely get the timing right on his attacking returns. And I guess the more critical point beyond him being injured question mark to what degree is the fact that there are two much better defenses that we don't have, and and that's Chelsea and City. And Chelsea obviously have a great fixture this week, so they make sense to bring in straight away. And then I think we're all going to want to be bringing in City immediately after that. So it's not just the fact that he's injured. It's not just the fact that he's been a bit underwhelming. Not horrendous, but underwhelming. It's the fact that there are better alternatives and he's a very easy make weight. So I, I think Bruno, I mean, I'm not sure why anyone has Bruno at this point, just on form at the moment, just because he has done very little and he is very expensive you know he's in that full-on premium yeah. bracket and so you're you're missing out on someone else and i'm surprised if people he, he obviously smashed it in game week one with a hat trick lovely we all had him then but since he since ronaldo joined i think he's just got the one goal yeah yeah in um ronaldo's first match i believe which was a, a compensation uh, factor for those who didn't make that move. Um, it does feel like it's all Ronaldo if, if you are going down the United attack. I don't think you have to it's... get rid of Ronaldo. Ronaldo, I think he will return. Yeah. Um, but I think Bruno uh, and I think probably Greenwood as well are surplus to requirements with these fixtures. Okay. Yeah. It's... I think Ronaldo is the only one that I would be kind of... It's interesting. I was watching and even the game. Then, many of us might I was watching the game and if like... I just, I still don't see Green. We talked about this, where that United have to adapt their game, and so many times Greenwood could have passed to Ronaldo, but decided to go, you know, um, get in into the box and shoot. And you, obviously, sometimes, you know, he's a good finisher, but in in that game, he, he against Villa, he just it wasn't happening. Um, so for me, I see some. Uh, they need. I wonder if Greenwood. I don't know if they will continue with him or Sancho will get a chance sooner or later. Again, if you have him, with, talking on Greenwood, they you know they they have Everton um, and then another game before their before their fixtures actually start. Leicester, so we just I think I think it's Everton and Leicester. Everton home, Leicester away. We just touched on it. Leicester a bit unpredictable, conceding goals. For me, I don't intend on selling Ronaldo until it comes to to the Liverpool City games. So th- th- that's when I'm I'm going to sell Ronaldo. So I agree with you, Carly, on that one. But with Greenwood. If you have other fires that we just talked about, the defenders, the injured players, again, if he's if he, he's not injured, again, I think he will, I think he will continue playing for now because Sancho hasn't really hit the ground running. I do see them at some stage playing with Cavani and Ronaldo. Obviously, Cavani can't play every game. Would that impact Greenwood? Maybe, but for me, he's not a move yet. The next fixture, Everton at home, is still a good fixture. Everton have been doing well, but it's a good fixture for for United. Yeah. 
so uh, Jonathan Strack also is asking about uh, he also has Torres and and Amati and Shaw. So out of these, probably Shaw and Torres ahead of Greenwood for me. Uh, if you, if you're going to move them on, uh, right? So um, we have three more questions to go. So we're going to quickly go through them. Uh, Randy Shafter uh, at Randy Shafter. Who are the best differential one week punts to target before game week uh, wild card? Uh, in a bid to try and salvage my plummeting rank, or should I just accept the familiar embrace of horrendous failure as it begins to envelop my soul like a large piss-soaked blanket on a cold winter's day? Beautifully put. Sophie, any punts that you see for game week eight that we haven't really touched on one game week before? against Norwich. Wood against Norwich. There we go. 100%. Uh, yeah, I mean, target, target. I Norris. like it. He's probably going to yeah. bang in a hat trick. Kylie, any, 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 anybody else? Uh, I hadn't thought of anyone, but I, to be honest, I can't argue with Sophie's <laughs> logic there. I mean, Norwich are wonderfully target consistent uh, every time they come up, and it's a, a tactic that continues yeah. to work. I mean, they reinvigorated Saar, and apparently he's kept on going since scoring against them. It seems to me that every team that plays them keeps winning their matches (laughs) afterwards as well. So they're a real confidence booster for everyone. Watch this. Burnley will go (laughs) on a great run. If it's just a one-week punt, then surely Wood has to be up there. Yeah, I I guess so. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. I agree. You've got got to target the weakest defences in a one-week punt. Uh, Amon at Nordic Mike Pye. Is Ramsdale available set and forget keeper going forward? What do, we, what do we think? Is, is he... I mean, why not? It's yeah, a 4.5. Yeah, we'll pick I mean, one and put them yeah, in. Don't overthink this it. This is it. <laughs> he's, he, he's only competing... With, let's be honest. He's only competing with Sanchez there. So as a point of differentiation, I think we're all a bit fed up with the fact that we all own <laughs> Sanchez. You know, it, it, I can't see Leno getting back into that team, um, not based on how the performances have gone with Ramsdale. So if he keeps it up, then yeah, absolutely. Why not? And I mean, the, the the thing is, there are there are cheap options, you know, decent options in the Brighton team, i.e. Duffy, Veltman, etc., um, that are capable of getting you attacking returns as well. So it might be a nice way to get rid of Sanchez, have Ramsdale, but keep a cheap Brighton defender yeah. on the bench. Cool. And we know Sanchez, okay, this might be not the best time to say he's not good for bonus when he's just uh, come off with bonus points, but normally... Uh, you expect his ceiling to be six points, um, but Brighton have been really good uh, yeah. so defensively. So that's one thing that's good with Sanchez. But uh, Ramsdale and also Raya are the two goalkeepers at um, around the four or five price range that I quite like the look of. The only thing with Raya is that I really like the look of the defenders. So Pinnock. Uh, is 4.6. I think I know he's got like a little injury now. You know, we couldn't remember his name last week, but then he went and scored again. So, you know, um, they, I, I think their defensive options are, are looking really good as far as being able to sneak in with some attacking returns as well as those defensive yeah. ones. So I think I probably prefer him over Raya, but I do agree that definitely Brentford look a great source for returns, particularly as they they play those kind of mid to lower mm-hmm. teams. I think they're quite going to be quite predictable for clean mm-hmm. sheets, uh, assuming things stay the same. So there are actually a few options. 
on the, the cheaper end for both goalkeepers and defenders, which we'll need given that we're stacking our defence with premiums <laughs> yeah. as well. So Amand also asks, uh, if animals played FBL, which animal would win? Now, I cried when I saw that because with, with animal lovers on this pod, we could be here till tomorrow. So we really need to make this short, guys, yeah? Like, not we don't have half an hour, mm. we have a minute. So which animal? Well, I, I'm going to start. Yeah, ostrich. Does ostrich? Ostr- ostrich counts, right? It's not a bird. Bird animal is the same, no? I, I mean, it's yeah, still exactly. an animal. <laughs> you know why? Do you know yeah, yeah, what's yeah, because, the reasoning head, for this? Yeah, I'm curious. Completely, completely uh, blocking out any noise. They just do what they want. Head down in the sand. They pick their team and they won't listen to any noise around them. No Twitter for them. They will just <laughs> fly. And they're also dangerous. <laughs> They, I, yeah, they are quite dangerous. They're very fast as well. I was going to say monkey, um, but then I thought that I would mean, be just, you know, taking them. the piss out of PJ. So I didn't want to. So I didn't say monkey. I mean, I did debate cats just because I have this feeling like cats just sit there like you know overlords and they just judge you so so much for everything that you do. And I'm pretty sure that they'd also eat you if you died and they ran out of food um, just to survive because they can be a bit. I, I mean, they are pragmatic in that way. They need food. They will survive. Whereas the, you know, a dog will just basically lie next to <laughs> Sophie, sloth. Um, yeah, sloth or maybe an owl actually, because I think they're sort of boring and a bit like wise and, and I do think that to win FPL you have to be kind of boring. Or play boring. Yeah, well, everybody say, everybody true, says yeah. that, don't they? Yeah, there you yeah. go. So there you go. So you don't, you can't be like. Surprised nobody said dolphin, considering they're the most, they're the cleverest animal. Well, no, I think they're the third. Oh, cleverest, okay. anyway. Um, but yeah, but actually, no, my answer wasn't cat. I was saying I was thinking oh, about cats. But I did say it's going to take half an I hour. I mean, there's a there there. Just very quickly, I would add a couple oh, more. God. In, right? So dolphins are a good contribution. Um, but they're too social. I think that they'll get distracted. <laughs> Elephants have excellent memory, yeah. memories, yeah. as we know. Yeah, this very helpful uh, information. But can the so memory hinder them? I maybe, maybe, maybe they'll hold. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. <laughs> Last one: chimpanzees. Obviously, they are very like humans. Okay, they have excellent cognitive abilities. So I think that they would be an excellent choice Fantastic. to manage your team in your Brilliant absence question. if you needed an Brilliant animal question. friend. Right. Last question, little Jason. I've been watching a lot of golf this weekend, and like most people, uh, I want the throw, to throw most of the American crowd into Lake Michigan for the incessant get-in-the-hole, etc. nonsense. But it did make me wonder, what is your favourite ever moment of shithousery on a football pitch? Now, it's not just because it's recent. I just loved it. For me, Martinez telling Ronaldo. was my favourite. Martinez <laughs> telling Ronaldo to take the penalty kick, to get into Bruno's head, and then for him to dance. Oh, the, the no, little jig, yeah. Hip gyrations. So he did it in the Copa America. He got into every single Brazilian guy's head. And it works. Whatever people say, it works. And he's so good at it. And I love him for that. I would hate it against my team, but I would love it afterward. I'd appreciate it. Yeah. I showed right. that clip to a friend of mine um, who was here watching football, and he's a Manchester United fan, so he was just pissed off. He was like, he's such a douchebag. <laughs> but I thought it was very funny. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was absolutely brilliant. Right, guys, quickly on to, uh, so that's all the questions. Thank you. Uh, plenty of questions. Great discussion. Um, but we move on to the final section of the show, which is captains and transfers. So, Sophie, 
tell us what who you're captaining and what your transfer is looking like. Uh, my transfers sort of depend on um, on the news of injuries and stuff like that. But for now, it's looking like James will be out for a while. So we'll probably be James out uh, for Rüdiger or Asby. Who uh, I can't pronounce his name. Asby. <laughs> yeah. And uh, for now, my captaincy is on uh, Lukaku. What about you guys? Tali? So uh, I have Shaw. Shaw was going actually anyway this week. So him being injured is kind of much of a muchness uh, for me. So he will be going for a Chelsea defender. As I said, I've got to decide between Alonso and Rudiger, but those are the two that I am looking at. So it will be one of those. Um I am probably going to take my first hit this week um, just because I look at it as an opportunity move. I do have a few different things that I could do. Not sure about keeping Jota any longer. Um, He's done a fine job for me, but uh, him and Ronaldo, do I want Lukaku in? This is less of a needing to make changes and more kind of wanting to take advantage Mm -hmm. of some fixture swings. So, I will wait until we get through the Champions League. But who are you considering for Jota? Because I'm also considering taking a hit there, but I don't know for who. This this is the problem with Jota, is that there's not an obvious move uh, for him. I'd like like to get Lukaku uh, in, but I can leave Ronaldo. This is the Mm -hmm. thing, whereas I think that moving Jota might be more beneficial, but I haven't settled on who it might be. That's the tricky part. Um, especially when you've already got like Rafina and Saar yeah. and these guys. See, so see necessarily... this is where I don't have a problem. I sold Rafina, I'll just bring him back. See, this is where I think ahead, Kylie. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, I just or or <laughs> or or you just next time sell the troll and keep the guy who's yes. Traore is not your friend. Listen, I'm not selling him before Newcastle. I don't care what happens, (laughs) especially that he didn't play last game. Because, you know, if I sell him and he scores, I'll probably just delete. (laughs) Right. Who's your captain? I don't know. It depends what I do. If I bring Lukaku in, it would be Lukaku. Uh, Otherwise, I don't know. (laughs) It won't be be Salah. It it might be like a... Antonio or something. I, okay, I don't so know. I might go not Ronaldo. Field. Looking at Ronaldo against Everton. Uh, I mean, I was, but I'm feeling a bit bitter towards him at the moment. Um, Interesting. So my captain was always going to be Ronaldo, blanking or not. Uh, but but here's the thing. I have two, two things in my head. Jesus and Jota for Lukaku and whatever. I don't care who replaces Jota. Especially if Jota plays midweek. I see Firmino starting against City. Uh, and just like you guys, you know, thank you, Jota. Brilliant, but... With Firmino back, I think there's so many options. So um, if Lukaku comes in, he will take the captain because it's the easier fixture in my eyes. But if he doesn't, and because of the short injury, it could be Shaw and Jota for Rudiger and Rafinha. Probably my second hit. I hate I hate the fact that I've done so well and been doing well until those 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 hits. But it's fine. I want the players that I want. Absolutely fine with it uh, to, to to fix the mistake. Let's say. Uh, but yeah, so it really depends. Because if Shaw's injured, I'll have to start Livermento against Chelsea if I want Lukaku, which was my initial idea. My move is to have both Lukaku, Ronaldo plus Antonio until Ronaldo's fixtures get heavy uh, or, or more difficult and then um, upgrade those midfielders, you know, the Terore or whatever. But yeah, that's. I will wait and see. I want to see what, what how long Shaw's out for. I don't mind keeping him for one more game against Everton and bring Lukaku in. But if he's out for a long time, I'll probably just jump on the 
on the Chelsea defender. And yeah, if Ronaldo, if if I don't have Lukaku, it will definitely be Ronaldo. If I do have uh, uh, Lukaku, it will be Lukaku. Right. So that's all we have time for. I think it's uh, it's been a brilliant discussion. Thank you, Sophie, for stepping in. I have been. Uh, Mars at Mars05. Uh, she has been uh, Kylie at Kylie FPO. Don't forget uh, our absent amigo, PJ at Hindu Monkey. She has been Sophie at Apple Juice, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. Apple Seen Juice, but it's yeah. different. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And don't forget to follow our account uh, at Free Amigos FBO. Uh, like and subscribe if you like what we do. That's the only thing we ask you to do. Um, good luck with your transfers and ideas. Hold off until after the Champions League. Uh, and stay safe. Adios, amigos. Bye.